I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. day-old chip packet, puffed round by the coastal wind, rolled its way down the lane. It slipped past overflowing bins, under the frame of an abandoned piano, and snagged on a pole too close to a wall. Galley crouched low and plucked it from its trap, glancing once over it before sending it on its journey. Behind where it had snagged, the wall of the nightclub was riddled with graffiti. A neon eagle with rockets for legs, rendered in a style reminiscent of the old Earth Aztecs. She ran a thumb over the edge of the fading spray paint to a repeating series of jagged lines in the border of the eagle. Gotcha! She snagged an engram on her litter, skinned as a square of plastic to fit with Earth 2020 culture. The litter buzzed through a dozen apps, rolling colours and pops bouncing through her senses, before it settled on an old classic. Jeez, looks like no one's nabbed this one yet. Score. The engram clipped and swirled, the image of the eagle going from photonegative to monochrome to coded in some decryption imagery, and then back to normal as the app honed in on the text hidden in the border. Slowly, letters filtered into the output. A six-symbol code in standard speak. Could be an ID number, or a bloody barcode. She glanced up at the flickering sign for the nightclub and smiled. Or a summons. As she walked through the sliding doors, the bass-heavy synth of the nightclub droned out her racing thoughts. The patrons enjoying an afternoon drink ignored her, each of them dressed in some uniform of blue pants and branded tops. The only eyes on her came from the thin person behind the bar, and they quickly stopped being on her as she approached. We're closed, they yelled over the ruckus. Cut the crap, she replied in standard. Her litter buzzed on, boosting a local frequency between her and the barkeep. You buying or not? The barkeep ran a hand over their face. Okay, fine. It'd better be good. I'm settled. Galley smirked. Sure. Someone who doesn't like you marked a summons out back of your club. I'll defrag it if you have what I need. Their mouth fell open. You should have led with that. Uh, how much do you need? I can pay in local or I have some clues. I don't need your money. How many zips do you have left? They froze, pale eyes on the surface of the bar. Uh, I can't. I still have family back in- You said you were settled. If you never want to go back, then give me your zips and I'll make sure roaches don't come turn this dimension into a new breeding ground. Or you can move back home. Choice is yours. The barkeep stood for a long time, then poured two glasses of thick orange liquid and downed one. Galley savoured her own. Alright, deal. You can have my zip- Just one? For a defrag? You've gotta be kidding Wait, me. it's all I have. It's quality though. It'll get you past Virusec and all the way into four, five on a good day. They reached into a coat pocket and pulled out a small day tab, skinned as another local hunk of plastic. Galley snatched it up and jammed it into her litter, which beeped a pleasing green. Seems good. Alright, let's fix this up. Her litter flashed once green, then violet, then a strong shade of orange and began to sing with alarms. Beeps of contact flared up all along its array. Connections to Rocher hive ships and vagrant dwellings. But she had them all filtered through a false IP. 
She slipped along the complex net of code that marked this location as a prime target for outworlders, past firewalls and false dens right to the source. Some flash litter, a new model. Looks like the code was launched back home, but I can track it to... The grey plastic hung sweetly. Oh, shit. The front door exploded inwards. The boom buzzed out, encrypted by the swarm of localizer nanites. The bar patrons saw a hollow of two terrorists gunning the place down in cold blood, but the litters cut through their projections for the two at the bar. Galley wished they hadn't. One was a rocher, four foot nothing and just as wide. Its upper half was bioengineered perfection, and the imperfections of its bottom half had been replaced with razor-sharp mech legs. It was also holding a rocket launcher, for good measure. The other was a humanoid in a grey dress, a mag pistol in one hand and a repeating sword in the other. Hi honey, I'm home. The barkeep, crouched under the bar, cursed violently. The humanoid opened fire, her pistol sending chunks of metal to shred nearby tables. Everywhere the rocher walked, its chainsaw-like legs churned the concrete floor, while it fired volleys of miniature missiles in a wide arc around the room. Galley hunkered by the barkeep, her litter clicking away as it prepared the zip. Please, you have to help me. I I'll pay anything, just make her go away. She sighed. I wish I could, buddy. You couldn't afford that kind of protection. A prong of barstools stabbed through the bar between them. The litter hummed again. Oop, that's my ride. My suggestion is that you apologize for whatever you did. This seems like a personal kind of rage. The barkeep reached out towards Galley, their eyes wide. You can't! She'll kill me if you leave! Galley thumbed the pad on her device with a click. Not my problem. And time stopped. She felt herself unraveling, a beautiful lightness of her body, a complete lack of knowing. She saw the barkeep, huddled and screaming, head in their hands. She saw the humanoid, cackling as she stood over the bar, her repeating sword desiccating the wood. She saw the bar patrons, screaming in terror but unaware. Unaware of how their lives were at risk for something as petty as a squabble between lovers. And then she saw nothing, was nothing, for an imperceptibly long period of time. Until, with a pop, she began again. Galley slammed down on slick asphalt, vibrant purple light reflecting into her eyes. A long-limbed figure stepped over her, joining a gang of brightly clothed humanoids grouped around a flashing shop front. A fleet of Virusec lancers thrummed overhead as she pulled herself to her feet. The enormous screens facing the street showed a melange of advertisements, but all rimmed with the emerald green livery of Sector 5. She rubbed the legs she'd landed on. Guess it's a good day. The humanoids by the screen were chatting in local standard about some upcoming game or song Galley couldn't tell. She straightened up and shouted out to them, Oi! You kids! The group flinched, but one pulled to the head. Short, head jammed into a flash visor. What do you want? You Virusek? You have to tell us if you are. Shut up, Bida. I need to talk to Yamakuchi. She kept her voice low, glancing over her shoulder. The kid shrugged. Don't know who you're talking about. He held out his hand. Galley sighed and rifled through her pack. Old day tabs, a half-eaten jerko, her service blaster. She tossed him a slender book bound in animal skin. Here, the ramblings of a professor working on oxygen. Or maybe nuclear fission. What, whatever, it's a clue. Yeah, a crummy one. Gonna take me all week to find someone who wants- Are you gonna help me or not? His visor swirled through a series of engrams, stopping on one she could barely make out as a map. Guess so. Link up, connection safe. Here in Litany, Galley's litter was a slender black rod angled to look like a faceted crystal. Its surface flashed with old dead pixels, but still held the engram of a detailed map. Thanks, kid. Don't piss him off, or it's on me, you hear? She had already slipped into a nearby crowd. A few hours later, 
She'd met with the contact marked on the map and followed their clue to a crumbling warehouse right off the sector center. A clear view of the grey-brown ocean stretching off to the horizon, where it wasn't blocked by debris. Inside, Galley found rows of tables occupied by small, round creatures tapping away at keyboards. They all glanced up in unison before lowering their lumpy heads back to their work. I'm here about Yamaguchi. Was told you'd be here. They kept typing. Nothing? Really? I've got half a dozen clues to spare if you need that. The creatures all glanced up. Go away. Came one echoing voice, breaking up the rhythmic typing. Galley sighed her last sigh of the day. Uncooperators, she muttered. She slipped her blaster out and pressed it to the head of one nearby. The only creature that stopped typing was the one that she held. You're hivelings, yeah? I can shoot this one, but you'll just have a thousand more to take its place. She pulled the trigger. The other hivelings all but winced. The data, though, that's important. The typing stopped. Gally aimed her blaster at the nearest one, her other hand pointing her litter at the screen. A bright pink daytab lodged in its slot. One blast of truth and all your work gets deleted. You wouldn't. You wouldn't. You wouldn't. You wouldn't. They replied, voices just slightly out of sync. You'd make, you'd you'd make an, an enemy of the high, Gally Sinclair. Willing to risk that theory? Her knuckles white against the litter. The hivelings tapped their fingers on their desks, their antennae buzzing with microcommunications. One furthest from her slowly reached a stiff hand out and tapped two keys. A hiss of clean air pierced the rank sea wind as the wall beyond the hivelings grew a seam, then slid down into the floor, revealing a dark staircase. Galley twirled her blaster and shoved it back in her bag. Thanks very much, she smiled. Next time someone comes with questions, at least try to barter. The world's too busy for uncooperators. The two dozen green creatures sneered as Galley moved through them, gliding on her adrenaline. She took a step down into the pitch dark of the staircase, breathing the filtered oxy into her lungs, sore from fear. Christoph Yamaguchi? She yelled down the steel-lined hallway. Tell me where my sister is or you'll wish you'd never crawled your way into this trash pile of a dimension. today with us an honoured guest, world-renowned, famous... My younger brother. Dan. Yeah! <laughs> Let's go. Home from the sports carnival. Yeah. Swimming carnival. Swim- Better get a Is kid. swimming not a sport? No. Yeah. Mm. Uh, anyway, let's get into it. Shall we get into I'll it? I'll go first. Yeah, you go first. Okay. Um, both of my ideas are fairly similar. My first one is Swamp Mermaids. Swamp Mermaids? That's amazing. Yep. I, I'm... I love that a lot. Do you want to do your second one as well? Is it similar or...? Nah, it's no. alright. We can do okay. a loop. Cool. Dan, do you That's have... it. Right. So mine's not as wild as yours. It's <laughs> wild? Okay. Well, my, mine's just murder mystery. Okay. okay. Cool, that's cool, cool, cool. that's okay. all my thing. That can sort of tie into Like we can write a kind of Cluedo-esque yeah, that... thing around it. I was thinking. Okay. Mm. Nice. Okay. I like that one, Dan. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's really interesting because um, I'll talk about it later if we talk about it. Um, so my first one is... Uh, what did I write down? Post... Scarcity sci-fi absurdism. Okay, didn't hear any of that. Post-scarcity sci-fi absurdism. So, like, there's this idea in, in sci-fi that resources are scarce and mm-hmm. um, there's a lot of conflict around them. Post-scarcity is just, like, they're, they're not anymore. Uh, a it's big all good. common example of a post-scarcity um, as sci-fi setting, Futurama. People barely need anything. It takes, it's as, there's a lot of flies Flying around. Yeah, what just, is, like, just like I only just noticed them as soon as we hit recording. Yeah, uh, I think they only turned up. They're here for the podcast. Um, we have Big three additional <laughs> co-hosts. 
Um, <laughs> we have one, we actually have six. Yeah, exactly. Um, anyway. Yeah, so Futurama is an example of a world where it is as cheap for you to go across town as to Mars. Um, and oh, that's cool. Yeah, so- I just love that idea of just, like, the only real objects of value are, like, actual rare, like, art pieces and stuff. Mm. Um, yeah. Oh, that's really cool. I had a similar idea that I didn't end up proposing that I will share another time. But yeah, anyway. Uh, Okay, so my second one is um, from a picture that I saw on Pinterest, which is up in the Discord for people to see. Um, The idea that tooth fairies are just the the smaller version of the much larger and scarier bone fairies. This... uh... Really well relates to my idea that I'll get into after Dan. Okay. Uh, so earlier on in the day, Alicia and I were listening to uh, the Phineas and Ferb theme song as we do every morning. Yeah, yeah it's, it's you know, very inspiring. You know how you wake up and, in the morning. And I heard the word summer vacation. I'm like, oh, that could be some. Mm-hmm. So that's eternal that's summer vacation. <laughs> that that could be cool. A yeah. world of nothing but summer vacation. That's really interesting. So mine is I recently rewatched one of my favorite films, um, uh, Hellboy Two. I mm-hmm. love the Hellboy series. I love Guillermo del Toro, mm-hmm. um, and it is a like supernatural investigation thing essentially, um, mm-hmm. like based off of the Hellboy comics. Um, and in it, uh, in the second film, uh, they have tooth fairies that are little fairies that eat calcium. So mm-hmm. they they go for the teeth. They just eat bones. Uh, so they go to this mm-hmm. museum that's had tooth fairies uh, unleashed upon it, and it's just goo that's left because okay. they've completely eaten, and a lot of the investigators get eaten. But yeah, I wanted to do a world of like supernatural investigation and uh, sort of like a hidden agency and stuff. Cool. Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah. Okay. All what right. are we leaning towards? We have so many ideas. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I thought that would be interesting related to your murder mystery. Um, but uh, what I thought about the murder mystery is uh, a film, it's Ryan Johnson's Knives Out. Yeah, that's, um, that's what I was Yeah, it's, about, it cause... sort of exists in this, because they're, they're making like a, well, there's plans for a sequel, but it sort of exists in this world where it's like really over-the-top Cluedo-esque, or Cluedo, I think it should be pronounced Cluedo. Anyway. Um, it's Cluedo. What? In, in America, it's just Clue. And I'm like, did it, why do we just say do if it's do? Usually that's do, and then it would rhyme. So I think it should be clue do anyway. Um, well, that sounds bad. So no, no it rhymes. It's good. It only sounds bad because you're not used to it. Um, yeah, what's wrong with that? The, the, everything. Um, that's how prejudice starts. Okay, but, <laughs> well, if you're bringing that argument into it, yes, I have to agree <laughs> you with have that. To agree. It should be clue do. My logic is infallible. Uh. <laughs> um. But, like, a world where everything is this, like, over-dramatized murder mystery all the time, as it is in Knives Out. It's just sort of comical, but everyone takes it at face value. Um, I don't know. Yeah, because recently, uh, Leash and I, we've been watching a lot of Psych. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I was like, oh, because we were watching it when I thought of the idea. So I was like, oh, that works. And also, I've been watching Fantasy High, and I immediately thought of, Riz from that. So. Yeah. Yes. Okay, mm. so are we thinking of, like, a supernatural murder mystery? Sorry for a phone going off just then. Terrible. Mine's on silent, as it always is. Well, I'm... That was probably my phone. Well, it can't be mine. No, it came from... A... Yeah, it's my phone. Atrocious. <laughs> Sorry. So are we doing, like, a sci-fi murder mystery? I think that's really fun. <laughs> are you alright, Dan? You just hit your leg on the table. Yeah, I'm good. <laughs> okay. You don't look good, but... <laughs> Alright. Yeah, you have the face of someone who's not <laughs> loving <laughs> it. <laughs> Alright. I'll be right. Okay. I'll be fine. I think a supernatural mystery, murder mystery... Maybe murder mystery is a plot we explore, mm-hmm. but just, like, a place that is constantly filled with, you know, questions and mysteries and ma- machinations and plots mm-hmm. and... See, when I uh, thought of this idea, I wasn't like, oh, so, like... Uh, you know the game Mafia? That mm-hmm. we yes. sometimes Yeah, I wasn't thinking... Or, think- like, uh, Werewolf. Yeah. yeah, I wasn't thinking of it just, like, inside a house. I was, like, thinking of the entire world. It was just one big murder mystery thing. Like, like a world um, that's constantly overrun with 
wild magic where that if something chaotic ha hasn't happened within a certain amount of time in an area, the universe is like, right, something weird's going to yeah. happen right now. There are organizations that are constantly making plots and then there are other organizations that are constantly unpicking plots mm -hmm. and so it's just like everyone's day jobs is a little bit like well i have a mystery to solve and it's just like one tenth of a larger mystery that is one fifteenth of a larger like you know mm -hmm. it's everyone's working like, away at these little things just, like, which is just life i mean i think mm, i mean i think is, i don't think life's an like exaggeration that. Yeah, i am 15 years old what mysteries do i have to solve uh, I mean, uh, we all have to solve the mystery of happiness, you know. <laughs> that's, a pretty, that's a pretty good point. Yeah. Okay, yeah, that... Alright then. Mm -hmm. But, like, even if you're, like, working in an office and you... And your boss refuses to tell you what project you need to be working on today. Yeah. And you need to follow a series of clues. And yeah. you end up going to the underworld and stuff yeah. to try and figure out what you're doing. I like that. <sighs> okay. Like, You've got a job to do, but you're going to have to travel to another planet. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's that... Okay, so it's it's sort of supernatural, sort of sci-fi. Um, like, it's like that border between sci-fi and fantasy. They're very ephemeral mm. things, and people often mislabel um, what is sci-fi and what is fantasy. Yeah. Um, okay, interesting. And then I think a lot of the stories... Because I kind of thought it would be fun to have... Although with the, with the pitch that we've had so far, it doesn't really apply. But to have center all of the stories around like one investigative agency mm -hmm. that sounds cool yeah and then we could make like a cool cast of characters so like in hellboy you have hellboy himself and then you have abe sapien okay, and then cool. you have liz sherman who's mm -hmm. a, just a fire witch she's the best and johan kraus who is a german ghost they have a good good cast of weird weird people cool cool yeah. awesome also just while i'm thinking of it um the vibe of this world feels very much like um the band Caravan Palace to me. Right. Yes. Just, just to throw it out there. That's okay, we can listen to some of it later. Yeah. But that's probably up on the Discord now. Yeah. It's just big vibes to me, kind of really funky jazz. Yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, what are some, let's try and pin down some concrete details. So I, I just had another idea of what. Um, yeah, go ahead. The, if anyone's seen Detective Pikachu, it, it's mm -hmm. kind of oh, like yeah, that. Oh, yeah, for sure. Of, yeah. Yeah. I have not. It's good. It's on Netflix. We can watch. It oh, is? is it? Oh, yeah. my God. Okay, it was just well, I had to rewatch Detective Pikachu. I went to it in theaters, and it was awesome. Yeah. yeah. I was yeah. so excited for it to flop, and it didn't. Oh, wow. That's well, the that's... best feeling. I, I've been getting it a lot lately. I go and see a movie, very cynical, and I come out like, man, that movie rules. That's good. Yeah. That's better than the alternative. Yeah. Okay, so yes. what do we want this agency to be about? Are I they mean... solving crimes, or are they laying crimes? Uh, like, sorry, no, I mean puzzles. Yes. Crime. I, yeah. It could be crimes. Yeah. I mean, it's part, part of it. Isn't it? Yeah, part of it. for sure. I think, a big, part, yeah, I I think, think a big part of it is crime. I think solving is more interesting, but like with the way that this world works, they have to create some to solve mm. some, you know, laying traps for yeah. this other organization. There's this like mysterious, nameless organization that they're trying to stop from ending the world, making a new world, something big that they're like, don't even know. Um, so they're trying That's to investigate part of the puzzle. it. Yeah, um, I'm imagining you know there's this good scene in uh, the second Hellboy film um, where uh, Abe is just walking through the agency that they're a part of, and there's just chaos going on in the background. Like they move past rooms with these huge tentacle monsters being wrangled by like six mm -hmm. different people. And you need to watch Hellboy two. Yeah, Hel watch Hellboy one as well. It rules. Well, I, I think I've seen it. I know. Yeah. I've seen Hellboy one, and I know Hellboy two is on Netflix. Yes, it is. Mm -hmm. I just. Yeah, watch it on Netflix, and it's yeah. Guillermo del Toro is my my best good boy, and I love him so much. Mm. That's the director. Anyway, okay. So, locking down details, we can jump off from our, some of our other ideas. So the Tooth Fairy stuff. Uh, I also thought that a, a sort of vibe for my post scarcity stuff is like the feeling of some of the best parts of the Marvel universe, i.e., like the space parts, like the. <laughs> parts of Guardians of the Galaxy and Thor Ragnarok where it's just complete like they're in space and it's just chaos it's those yeah. scenes it's the cantina um the Star Wars cantina yeah totally um Mos Eisley cantina where it's just like a cast of aliens yeah I feel like it's that together. everywhere yeah I think it's so. all like super super packed yeah this is space New York yeah oh and it's also like the game Troika that I've been playing the city of Troika is a uh a city that exists between all of the between the multiverse like mm. Sigil the City of Doors mm. so I feel like 
Is that the vibe, sort of? Yeah, I think so. Like, they're solving mysteries in this... Maybe maybe that's the thing, that this planet yes. um, is the centre of all of these everything. different galaxies. Yeah. Like, imagine the galaxies as a giant... Um, what are they called? Not pie charts, the one where they all intersect. Oh, um, Venn diagram. Oh, like a massive Venn diagram. This, this is one the planet is of, at the centre. And just yeah. the the result of all of these different universes is just chaos. Is, yeah. just like so, chaos is constantly So happening. the effect of like trying to do anything is you have to work out like, okay, which language is it that I'm speaking? Because yeah. there are a million. Which mm-hmm. culture do I need to interact which, with? Which different universes? Which system of mathematics do I need to engage yeah. with? Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, I, I think that would just, by I'd its nature, create You'd mystery. read this book? Well, that's good. That's say the... something. I don't read very many books. Uh, same, which is bad. Uh, it's, it's 2020. It's a struggle to read any books. Mm-hmm. I, I carry a book around with me every day. I change books often. Haven't read a book in <laughs> a year and a half. Yeah. Um, I've just I've got a shelf full of books and I swear there's only one I've read because it's got cool pictures. Yeah. Yeah. We've all become children and the internet has made us this way. Yeah, that's more yeah. 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 I listen to podcasts, it's the same. Mm-hmm. Okay, so this is also I talked about Valerian City of a Thousand Planets, the movie that is a big miss. It was so interesting to watch because it was just like almost a good movie. Um uh, sci fi film twenty seventeen, I think. Um that's the same vibe you know mm-hmm. it's it's like it's the hub between all of these different planets cool. and so the culture there is just completely chaotic but we are going for a like a noir detective maybe not noir but just like a detective no, yeah. version of that okay very cool is it aliens or oh 100 yeah. percent it. it's all aliens but not even just aliens as well i think it's all different planar stuff like, yes that's what i was thinking there's fae and fairies as yeah. well as aliens and yeah. elementals and a couple yeah. of animals yes yeah, uh, just straight up you know wind, wind in the willows Furniture. animal people yeah. <laughs> um wind in the willows animal people mm-hmm. wearing little little skeks there's like skeksies, skeksies and yeah. girlflings in yeah. there basically Same any vibe. movie or anything you've ever this seen is, or read it's got it's point. got it in there that's really interesting. Like, if we do want to... I mean, there's legal stuff in there. Yeah. But another series that I really love is the Thursday Next series, which is based around um, the ability to... I mean, a lot of wild shit, but the ability to enter books and, oh, cool. like, move between um, fictional stuff. So, like, a lot of the characters are just fictional characters from literature. The first one is called The Air Affair, and it deals with Jane Eyre and oh, stuff. Cool. It also in the real world outside of the, that because that's like the the basis of mm. the, the book. But then there's all this other stuff in the world. So like time travel is real, and Thursday's dad is a time traveler, and he like is Shakespeare. Like he went back in mm-hmm. time and realized that no one had written Shakespeare's stuff, so he wrote it and then made Shakespeare exist. I don't know. It's confusing. Um, <laughs> Shakespeare's a, para- a paradox in this in this world. Awesome. But yeah, that that's that could be an idea. I that... mean, yeah, uh, I feel like it's maybe a, a sideline. Is It's a little fun fact about the world that technically all these stories you've ever read exist somewhere. Yeah, So you can access them. Like they come from a collective consciousness or something. Mm. I think that, yeah, that's fun, but it's not the main focus. It's not the main focus. It's The main focus is this agency of... Well, now it's like, are they investigators or are they trying to achieve a goal? And then it's just like, they have to do investigation by their process. Are they like a defense agency? Are they like protecting this multiverse planet? Yeah, maybe just constantly having to solve all these puzzles to make this place habitable. Because usually yeah. it probably wouldn't be habitable. But you know people. Yeah. Where humans are space orcs. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> um, and they're like... Yeah, this defense force just trying to keep it stable, trying to keep the chaotic magic to a mm. uh, manageable limit. But I reckon there's probably a goal after that. Once this world becomes stable, yeah, which is a very difficult thing to achieve, then they do maintaining something. stability is probably their their, their primary goal because it's a constant yeah. thing. But then there's another th- maybe it's something that they were created for. Mm. Mm, I don't know if they are. It's a question that, like if they are the official like defense service or if they are. Just being conscripted, yeah, um, like just like detectives agency. for hire. Yeah. yeah, they're a private agency like who gets called in a lot. Or, or psych. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and then it's and then it's interesting because like they have to deal with the legal system because they're not above it, mm. um, and they also have to deal with the legal system of like a million alternate realities, which is fun. 
Ooh. Yeah. Oh god. Yeah. The paperwork. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot of it's it's like each letter. Paperwork doesn't even language. It's yeah, exactly. Paperwork doesn't even apply because it's like paper? No. No. It's blood work. One one you have to deal with literal demons. It's like one planet's like, ah, we don't allow paper. You have to deal with it on a body. Yeah. You have to do it completely verbally. Yeah, that that one species in Doctor Who that speaks by disemboweling. Yeah, exactly. You know, if you have a multiverse, of, <laughs> yeah, that would suck. If you have a multiverse of infinite possibilities, then it gets messy, and that's the basis of the idea. Yeah, which does also make it. We've we've made another thing where it's like the idea is that it's undescri- indescribable. Yeah, how would so, the law work as well? Because like, I think for, it would be for like, some people like what they said about that disavowing. If there was some of those, yeah, that's how they would talk. Yeah, so would they go to jail because they? Well, were... I mean, that is not a sustainable system, so mm-hmm. it would have to be. Like every the the thing about every when it's like it's indefinable, yeah, it's like it still needs to be sustainable. So I it's like if they go around disemboweling everyone that they talk to, they will get arrested by all the other people. I think it's, I think the system would have to be somewhat um, signal adjacent, yeah, uh, to the point where this is a neutral zone. We have yes. all our own laws. If you speak by disemboweling people, you need a translator. Exactly, <laughs> and you need to carry you need to carry around a body that is your disemboweling body, and yeah. you talk into that, and then someone else will interpret. I would yeah. hate you just like, oh, you've got a new job today. What's that? Oh, you're the translator for this guy. Oh, yeah. Wear dead. this immortality bracelet mm-hmm. and just oh, no, get stabbed a bunch. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Translator is the highest paying job. Yeah, it is. Okay, I really like this. This is fun. This is cool. Um, do you have any ideas for characters for this agency? Like, I think we could do the typical thing of just having a straight up human and it's their first day on the job. Of course. Yeah. You always need that, that, that boring the audience surrogate yeah. of this person who is like, Oh but my God. It, is this a thing where it's like a bunch of those other uh, things, sci-fi, uh, those other sci-fi things you see where humans are very rare or are they yeah. just everywhere? I don't think they're everywhere. I think they like, are part of it. I like they help colonize every planet and then they all just kind of got wiped out by what I, I, I think this is one of those those situations where humans go, oh, there's a lot more life than we yeah. were expecting and yeah. suddenly we're a part of it and they're very, very or, overwhelmed. Or is it like, this is just like a universe and they, all the humans are like, oh yeah, this is a pretty shit universe. Let's go some other place. And so they just left and this like one family was left there and then the like the older and the family died, and this kid just so you're grew up. so you're saying like humans are completely separate from this system. Just yeah. a few of them only reside in this center. I think place. that's interesting. Yeah, that could be interesting. And yeah. like, I mean, if, that would be if it was a movie. That would be the movie, right? Planets yeah. or, or universes or whatever. Uh, however, we're gonna separate things and, yeah. and then maybe maybe yeah, like a sub story within that is some of these humans trying to locate this separate universe where the rest where of the you, humans are humans, yeah yeah, yeah. Maybe, i mean even if it's just like like a, a star lord thing like you're plucked up from earth mm. and thrust out into the wider universe um and so you're the only human around even though there are a lot of people who look like humans but they're not mm. um, yeah like they're elves there's, there's like a very subtle difference just like Point yeah. years and we get very offended if you think that. Human. <laughs> it's like subhuman. Exactly. How dare you? How dare you? Oh, my fellow man. <laughs> yeah. Ew. No, I am as old as How dare you? Gross. You have sixteen spleens, and that's what differentiates us. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. Cool. Need to think of some cool species. Yeah. Um, a crab person. That's my first thought. Just like a a, a race of I really like um uh, dolphin with a human body. Oh, there we go! Oh, no. a dolphin in a robot suit. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I really like that. It's actually. a dolphin that's in like a glass pod of water, and then it has. It's like a mech suit it's with like, like a jar. It's like the, the thing from Megamind. Yeah. Oh that's yes, that's exactly thought. it. But it's a dolphin. Um, minion from Megamind, yes. the superior minion mm-hmm. in all of fiction. Mm-hmm. Okay, we've got we've got a dolphin in a robot suit. Well, <laughs> what more do we need? You don't really need anything else, I don't think. Yeah. Well. I mean, I mean, it's it's a struggle because you really can't just have anything with one of these worlds, yeah. and so like pinning down a distinct when it's like what is the what is the origin of this all? Mm. Um, I think is I think it's it's sort of narratively shooting yourself in the foot. Okay, I kind of don't want to get too um, close up on this one because I feel like it's starting to feel a bit too much like Minds of Chaos. For sure, same. So I, I don't know what that is. That's, that's one, one of our, our other episodes. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. I, I haven't. 
That's okay. That's to... fair. I don't blame you. You don't have to out yourself as hating us. It's fine. I mean, yeah. I don't hate you guys. I've just... It's well... okay that you don't care about all of our exploits and the time and effort we put in. Dan, we accept that. <laughs> we still love you. Look, I... No, you don't need to explain yourself. It's all right. I'm very busy. Aren't we all? Yeah, it's fair enough. That's okay. There's no judgment. That's why it's why I put the the timestamps in the description that you yeah. don't need to listen to all the stuff. Just listen to whatever you want to. Yeah, it's yeah. all good. Um, I had an idea, and now it's gone. Oh no, no, I was gonna say we should. I think we should try and think of this this ultimate goal. Yes. So once once this world is stable, the, what do we want? The ultimate goal is not for like everyone. It's just for this one person. This organization. Because maybe yeah. what it was is his dad stayed behind to raise him, so and then so, his mum. So was, humans in charge of this agency. Yeah. No, not humans. Like mm-hmm. aliens are, but this hum this one human mm-hmm. who mm-hmm. works for them. Like, let's say when he was a kid, his dad died, mm-hmm. but his dad stayed behind to raise him, mm-hmm. and his mom went off with the other humans, so his goal is to get to the rest of the humans that left, right? Mm-hmm. so he could see his mom. That's okay. definitely a story. That's, That's a story. I don't know if it's necessarily the, the origin of... Oh, uh, the, the, the goal of this. If you if you step back a, a step, that's what we're looking at. Oh, right. Mm. Like, I mean, it could be either to... Maybe they think that this way of life is imperfect, and so they're trying to, like, separate out all of the societies and put them back. Or the opposite. They're mm-hmm. like, this is how things should be. We're trying to... Or trying to unite all of these yeah. universes. So they're... So turn them into one giant one. Yeah. So... Everyone can coexist. Mm. Although I feel like that's probably a villain plot because that. Well, it could. Hmm? I mean, it's it, not, it not gonna work. It, isn't no. that like life uh, relies on diversity? Like the big thing though, every villain thinks that what they're doing is right. Yeah, and for so sure. For oh, the no. villain, so like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, no. I was saying, well, yeah, no. Maybe it is a villain plot, and this agency is bad, and they're yeah. pretending to be good. Yeah, that's maybe. true. Just hmm. like the government, or or at least, or at least the person who is. The person who is running it um, yeah. has bad intentions, and the people working for them don't uh, know. Are still, yeah. They just think that their ultimate goal is to stop the chaos. In yeah, I feel like this is the kind of story where it's like the bad guys and the good guys are the same person. Yeah, because it's all moral ambiguity. Yeah, I don't know. I'm drawing blanks. I'm not. I kind of guess that. That's it. Yeah, most I think of we it. kind of got it. It's yeah. it's the kind of thing where it's like, well, we'll have to zoom in. A lot in a lot of places to Some, get any concrete sort of detail. Yeah, sometimes the world kind of comes to fruition a bit sooner than you expect. Yeah. And I think this is one of those examples. Cool. I kind of like, yeah, I kind of like this world. Awesome. Good idea by me. Yes. Yeah. Good thinking, Dan. Thanks for that, Dan. <laughs> okay, cool. Okay, goodbye. Bye. No, straight off the bat, I swear to God, I welcome didn't even get the first word out. Welcome to the Saw Machine. Saw the Scar Machine. The Scar Machine. <laughs> welcome to... Man. Welcome to the, the Scar Machine, um, a collective world building podcast of, about dynamic, fantastical, and concise music. You still said... Okay, yeah, I, thought, okay, I was. I was waited. doing. A, I was doing a pun. It was. That's the. I, I thought the. I was expecting. That was the pledge. Soon, soon. That was the pledge. Then the turn was all of it, and I the prestige like the was me saying music. I know late, the, yeah. the. Yeah, it was. It was too late. You're right. I'm not. Let's just not redo that. No, that's. That was it. That's our specific brand. Maybe the thing is just that we never get it right, and no one actually knows what it is. Yeah, which yeah, mm. we know what it is in our hearts, mm-hmm. but not in our brains. Yeah. And everyone knows that writing is done in the heart, so <laughs> that's fine. Yeah. It's totally fine. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a fun episode. It's um, a break from form. We had a guest. Um, mm, yes. We had we had lovely Dan. Um, My brother. Which yes. was nerve-wracking to have a guest on. Yeah. But I think it went well. And I, was, story... I was chill. I think you two were both a bit nervous. Yeah. I don't know. Just I was fine, and then I sat down, and I was like, oh, no. Yeah. I, it's, sometimes it's yes. a bodily nervousness. Mm-hmm. Um. Yes, I appreciate everyone uh, being patient as well, because this one's coming out a little bit late. It's just one I wanted to do a good job on, because yeah. my brother is in it. Yeah, um, for sure. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. But it's, yes, do you have any tips, tricks, big uh, news? I have a thing. You have a thing. A thing, I guess. Actually, maybe you should go first, because mine isn't finite. 
Yeah, sure. <laughs> Nothing is, but um, so mine is a specific. While I was working on this story, um, something that I love to do when I'm writing sci-fi is so much fun because you can just go really wild with it. Mm-hmm. And I realized that the thing that makes it fun for me is jargon. And we were talking about it. I forgot that I've written it down as a tip, um, but jargon or fantasy babble, mm-hmm. sci-fi fantasy babble. Babble is a yeah, good babble word. is a good word for it. Um, Babble is a really great word. For this section, we should just call it Babble. Yeah, that's good. This is... Welcome to Babylon. This is Babble. The Tower of... Um, That's why no one knows what we're saying. Yeah. Um, Exactly. (laughs) They don't need to. So, specifically jargon, when I talk about jargon, I mean using context and story i've written story and sentential context which is just me being a linguistics nerd yeah because i did not understand that sentential as in like sentence wise it's just a really good word it is a good word i like it um so context illocutionary force uh to provide the meaning of your jargon Mm. and it acts as sort of like a a placeholder of focus you say a really specific weird word and Mm. people go what does that mean Mm. and then you never define it or you don't need to define it because the, it is a noun that you've created, and then you tie verbs to it. Um, it's like a super, super quick and easy way to do immersion, I feel. Absolutely. Because you immediately go, oh, I don't know what that word means. Yeah. Clearly, I mean, some cool And it's place. like, obviously, you can do way too much of it, and then it makes it yeah. feel dense and heavy and difficult. And you feel, you feel, rather than being immersed in the environment, you feel like you're being excluded from it. Yes, for sure. Because you don't understand enough For sure. Um, It's easy to, um, you know, keeping in mind, trying not to disorient, Mm. but to, um, you know, you're you're trying to put the reader in the setting, but without, but giving them a map still. Yes. You know, and the way that you give them a map is through these context clues. Um, So I have one written down, but off the top of my head, um, one that I had fun with was the idea of a repeating blade or repeating sword. I loved that. That was a re- like because it's really like, what cool. is that? What is that? I don't know, but the, the verb I tied to it is that it can churn wood, yeah, or whatever the, the word was. It can it can do these things, and so that's all you need to know about it is like yeah. a the fact that it's being pointed out means that it is dangerous yeah. and crazy, and also what it can do. Okay, well then, how do you picture that blade? See, in my head, I was thinking of. Um, I didn't like a jackhammer. You know how a jackhammer is just like it mm-hmm. pushes the thing backwards yeah. and forwards, and there's like a little motor inside mm-hmm. that makes it do that. But it's a sword, um, okay. and it just like cuts away through things. But it also has like a sideways action, so it's sort of like a saw in a yeah. way. I saw, saw something completely different. Awesome. Um, in my mind, it was you, you imagine the kind of blade that's on like a box cutter. Yeah. So it's just like a rectangle with. With a like horizontal sort of yeah blade on it, so it was like that. But then there was almost like Diagonal. an echo of it, like a ghost of it. Um, cool. Kind of um, uh, like ghost blades parallel to that one that That's kind awesome. of echoed past. That's really cool. And so and it was constantly like vibrating and pulsing. What if it's like a sword that as you move it through space, it creates echoes of itself. So it's like not about swinging the sword, it's about moving through space and then it mm. creates an area that if anyone touches it, they get cut like a sword. That's so cool. Yeah, it's just like a barrier. It's more or, for making like walls and they last like an hour or whatever. really cool. Ah, see, when I, you started that sentence, I was thinking of these echoes kind of move out in all the different trajectories you that's could cool. have taken. Yeah. Then you're like, oh, yeah. Oh, uh, that's dope. kind of related to... Um, the uh, uh, wild mount setting that's just mm. come out um, from Critical Role because there's an Echo Knight who you're—it's uh, a fighter subclass where you're, the idea is you bring an alternate reality of yourself to you, and then you have two of you that can fight, but awesome. the other one has like one hit point and is like weaker. Mm. Anyway, cool. the, the specific example that I had um, uh, was uh, Galley saying, "I don't need your money. How many zips do you have left?" That one really stood out to me. Yeah, the concept of zips being like, I'm never going to explain what they are until mm. they're being used because mm. you don't. It's um, it's kind of like the uh, similar to a MacGuffin in mm. a story. A MacGuffin is like a placeholder object for the reason that everyone's doing everything is yeah. they're going after this, like the ring in Lord of the Rings or R2D2. Um, and there are different ways that you can mess around with a MacGuffin. Um, you know, this is. I'm saying this is my MacGuffin, mm. a zip, you know, mm. it's it's necessary, but there's not going to be a way for me to explain what it is and have you naturally, care. Naturally, yeah. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, naturally, and have you, like, care about it, mm. Yeah, you know, 
you already know that you need to care about it, so I'm not going to explain to you why you should care about yeah, it. Yeah, it's like normal people in their everyday lives don't go walking around going, this is my debit card, yes. I use it to pay for exactly, things. Exactly, Because everyone gets it. Everyone but knows. But as soon as... As soon as someone Even a story, not from there yeah. sees you go and purchase something with it, they understand what it they is. They know like, what it is. Yeah, it's yeah. it is the the function of the thing is more important than the definition because the, the function defines it. Mm. Um, so I guess it, it works more better with objects. This the sci-fi jargon, which is a lot of what sci-fi is, yeah. um, is is messing around with fun little objects and stuff. Cool things, yeah. um, but the fact that she's like, I don't need your money. How many zips do you have left? It was yeah. specifically like these are a mm. thing that you can use. Yeah, the sentence tells you that. And they are a rare commodity, mm. more like rarer than money, better than yeah. money. Um, yeah. Already, I've told you so much about it in as like little as I can. You know, I'm trying to yeah, like really jam good. it all in there. Yeah, you did um, a really good job with the jargon in this one. It's fun to do, and I think it's something that people like. I do it with fantasy as well. It's funny you can't do it with like we were talking before, Hans. I can't do it with D and D as well mm. because players will ask. Yeah, <laughs> they'll be like, "What does this mean?" It's like I'll tell you when you use it, or when yeah. someone else uses it. Yeah, whatever. Mm-hmm. I'll teach you, but um, I have to like do what I hate is expose or exposit whatever you want to say mm. yeah that's my little tip is okay. learn how to use sci-fi and, and fantasy jargon I think um, in George R. R. Martin's fantasy he does it really well and I've talked about it before like him using just the word plasteel and never explaining what plasteel is but you know it's plastic steel mm. or steel plastic yeah. or something whatever yeah. it is it's cool cool yeah awesome mm. Okay, well, my thing that I want to talk about isn't a tip or anything. It's mostly just a kind of a concept that I've been reading about lately, and so it's been on my mind, and I think it could be relevant. Mm. It might stick out to someone. So, uh, for a recent assignment I have to do for a course at uni, uh, it is a course on children's literature. There's a lot of picture books and stuff like that. Um, I did my assignment on an article I read about uh, metafiction in uh, postmodern works. Cool. And I just found it really interesting because, of course, um, uh, the writer of this article, and I will link it in the Discord, uh, I think her name is Patricia someone. I remembered her first name, which is not what you're supposed to do. No, it's the opposite, yeah. Well, my pal Patricia is writing about uh, metafiction. My good friend Patty. (laughs) My good friend Patty. I feel like I know her. Yeah. Um, uh, She started off by talking about how children's literature uh, needs to be seen um, as more than just a learning tool. It can be seen as for its aesthetic value and Mm. as an art form. And I don't know, it just kind of got me thinking... Uh, if there'd be ways to like tie D&D more into an art form than mm, just a game yeah. I don't know how that would work but I'm just kind of throwing it that. out there no it is totally like um, because art has a multitude of purposes um, and there's a lot of discussion in the last like year or so about D&D as like therapy you know yeah and I, I can totally see that yeah. it's yeah, totally useful for mm. that Um, and it's also like I feel like when I run my games I'm providing a service like art I don't know art is like this ephemeral thing it's not just like pretty and aesthetically pleasing it is um, it has a message it Mm. is any piece that makes you feel something I think that's a good definition of art anything that makes you feel something which is the main purpose that a dungeon master is trying to do whether the feeling is fun and adventure Mm. or you know fun with your friends or horror or trying to break trying to break their hearts Mm. or whatever it is that makes it art and Mm. it's it's funny people have this definition of i think in like the sort of postmodern world of art as like expensive pretty um yeah and it's like that when then when they they come into like the realms of like strange art that is supposed to like it's like ugly art and people are like why would you like that and it's like well that's you're missing out on what the point of art is you yeah. have a very limited focus of what art is yeah. D is definitely art mm. very cool yeah i don't know just just because i really love the concept of world building for the sake of world building yeah like just creating a world because it feels nice for you as a person to well, explore it yeah and it, it is an, an artistic endeavor that we're going about because we work through genre and we mm. work in like tone and mood and theme mm. Um, and these are all aspects of art. Art yeah. pieces have these things, and that's what yeah. we're doing as well. Yeah, I especially think uh, this has been coming up for me a lot because of the world pansy that I've been working on. Yeah, like I, uh, I would love to Wait, run poppy? it. Poppy. Why did I say pansy? I don't know. I was like, is this a different one? Poppy. Poppy. What is it? Pansy works too. Pansy also pop. works. But it's poppy. Yeah. Poppy. Um, the the pastel world because just the process of developing it has been really nice to me it just mm. feels, feels nice yeah. to exist in um and i think the process of playing that game would be almost an artistic experience for sure because the yeah. point of it is ex- exploration of this world not necessarily yeah. the plot that there is one yeah, but it's about it's, 
It's the same thing with My World Sanction, which mm. is one that I play through. I was talking to my party, it's just a party of two, um, about Sanction recently. Um, we did like a, just like after, we do Lunar Interludes, like um, yeah. in, um, nice. what's it called? Taz. Taz. Yeah, um, Balance. Um, and we'd done one and they took like an hour. Mm. So after we'd finished, we just talked for a couple hours because we yeah. had time. And we ended up talking about like, my motivation behind it's a very heavy themed world and it's an exploration as well like i am through them exploring the concept of uh like church and state being one yeah. and like religious autocracy mm. and uh, uh empires as a concept and like uh westerns as well it's a western genre and i say that all the time even though it's like super fantasy and everything um and it's it's really really fun and it does yeah. feel like an exploration of like an artistic sort of yeah, concept awesome. putting out messages and asking questions mm. and stuff that's yeah yeah because i think i think a lot of the time people think about dungeons and dragons as um trying to just make an entertaining or epic game yeah. for their friends and i think it would just be really interesting if people started thinking about it as making a beautiful and personal experience and when i say beautiful i don't mean it needs to be pretty yeah it can be ugly and messy yeah. but beautiful in a way that it it, it feels, feels yeah. um and personal in a way that when art is uh, is kind of seen as a thing you put on display for people yeah. to see and that's all that matters that that sometimes it is just for you yeah, or sometimes for sure. it is just for your close friends a nice little experience mm. just experiencing something nice yeah, yeah. it's really funny like i feel like a lot of people come to D for escapism mm. and for them it's like escapism is purely fun yeah but like i watch movies for escapism mm -hmm. exclusively yeah. and i'm not relating to my own personal experience but that doesn't mean i only watch beautiful fun happy movies no. you know i watch you know sad and, and poignant movies and that's a form of escapism it's it's just totally. like through different emotions and dnd can be that too and even like difficult and heartbreaking emotions can be fun they're cathartic yeah like, absolutely like i'm running yeah. curse of strata for you guys and yeah. like Though it is funny and fun sometimes, uh, I think we're slowly starting to get into moral debates oh, yeah, around it. And absolutely. sometimes it's definitely not pretty. Yeah, um, for sure. And that's fun. Yeah. It's, yeah, fun is a fun, cool, interesting concept. Yeah. And, oh, what a game. Oh, what a game we play. <sighs> yeah. This is so cool. Okay. Have we satisfied our multitude needs in this context? <laughs> okay. I, I couldn't think of a weirder way to say yeah, it. Was that good? You nailed it. Thank you. I try. I like to play the game of inventing unique sentences. Yeah, you did it. Thank you. Good job. All right. Um, thanks for listening. Bye. <laughs> Goodbye. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.